Live from the heartland and the crossroads of America, it's Tony Katz today. One. Take a look. Do you think GOP voters want someone carrying a Bible or do they want someone driving a bulldozer into the Democrats? The truth is that what people really want is an optimistic, positive, conservative who has a backbone, but also believes that the best is yet to come. I, I don't think you have to be a pessimist to be strong. It doesn't sound like former President Trump is worried about you. Well, I'll say this, I, I'd appreciate his vote as well. So the truth of the matter is that I do think that the power of persuasion is necessary for the next president. I happen to look forward to being that next president. And so I will take all votes I can get from anyone, anywhere, anytime as I head into this election. Would you ever try to overturn an election you lost? No. So, <laughs> before we let the ladies of the view answer that, that was a question from an NBC reporter to Senator Tim Scott. Would you ever let, would you ever try and overturn an election you lost? This is, this is now the, the benchmark question. But these aren't real reporters, so what does it matter? Tony Katz, Tony Katz today. It's good to be with you. Find everything at TonyKatz.com. The phone number, 833-GOT-TONY. Would love to hear from you. 833-468-8669. Senator Tim Scott announcing he's running for president yesterday. Big, big, big speech. And everybody's got an opinion. Isn't that right, Joy Behar? What are we actually seeing here? What was happening? Well, isn't he Professor Positive? <laughs> he is. Unlike Trump, everything's bad. There's doomsday. He's more in the Reagan-esque morning in America. Things are fabulous. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And he's also hedging his bets. He doesn't really go out and say he's not pro-choice exactly. Although he did say, what did he say? That he would vote for anything they put on the table, the Republicans. Mm-hmm. So he is not pro-choice. And he's one of these guys who, you know, he's like Clarence Thomas, black Republican who believes in pulling yourself by your bootstraps rather than, to me, understanding the systemic racism that African-Americans face in this country and other minorities. He doesn't get it, neither does uh, Clarence. Right. And that's... See, that's the importance of liberal white women to tell black men about their experiences. Let me say clearly that I understand that when I have these conversations, I'm entering the very dangerous waters. I am fully aware that when I have these conversations, people are screaming at me, screaming at me, don't do it. This is, this is no, do not be a part of this, Tony. Because if you even try and have this conversation, you're a little bit racist. I mean, you know, that's how it's going to go down. Everybody, you're the attacks on you. Nobody expects the Spanish Inquisition. But I'm extremely confident in this conversation. And I'm extremely confident that this... That he would vote for anything they put on the table, the Republicans. So he is not pro-choice. And he's one of these guys who, you know, he's like Clarence Thomas, 
black Republican who believes in pulling yourself by your bootstraps, rather than, to me, understanding the systemic racism that African Americans face in this country and other minorities. He doesn't get it, neither does uh, Clarence. Right. And that's why they're Republicans. Yeah. Racist. Joy Behar is a racist and a bigot, and God almighty, how could anybody over there at ABC be okay with that? How can anybody allow this? How could anybody think that this is going to work? You think that this is okay, but it turns out that they all think it's okay. They all think it's okay to say anything about a black man, Senator Tim Scott, and think that it's fine. They all believe that they are on the side of the righteous and the good and the decent. Anything you say, I mean, Joy Reid watched this segment of of Tim Scott's uh, speech kicking off the campaign where he has a black woman and a white woman, both uh, older, on stage. For those of you who wonder if America is a racist country, take a look at how people come together. All of God's people come together. Black ones and white ones, red ones and brown ones, working together. Because love, unconditional love, binds hearts together. We are not defined by the color of our skin. We are defined by the content of our character. And if anyone tells you anything different, they're a lion. That's part of his speech. Something that really does grab a tremendous number of Americans. Joy Reid. Oh, Lordy, xenophobia, the bootstrap lie, displaying black people. And this quote of the Reverend Dr. Martin Luther King Jr., three of his party's favorite pastimes. But what do you expect from the politician who back in 2017 appeared in a cringy and now deleted video for Senate Republicans deploying stereotypical jive talk to tout the overwhelmingly white right wing party's tax cuts for the rich? The lone black Republican senator's line in that ad? Keep your money. You see, if he's not, uh, if he doesn't do some things, he's too white. If he does other things, he's too black. You, you, you see, you see how this works. If he uses the line "keep your money," well, then he's just a token. But if he doesn't use that line, then he's not authentically black. How wonderful it must be uh, to be Joy Reid deciding who's black enough, which is what she's doing. And black enough has nothing to do with skin color. It has to do with gray matter. Whether or not you're black enough in the United States is all a question of whether or not you agree with progressive politics. Because if you're black and conservative, what? You're not really black. Is someone who's black going to disagree with me on this? This is what the left does. This is what the left says. This is how they attack people who are black or Asian or Hispanic or Jewish or gay. If you're gay and conservative, you're not really gay. That's what they believe and that's how they attack. You want to come at me on this? You better come heavy. 
833-GOT-TONY, 833-468-8669. You know I'm right. Your mother knows I'm right. So why are we arguing? Why do we allow it? Joy Reid is a bigot. Joy Behar is a bigot. Maybe it's in the name. Maybe that's it. Maybe it's the name. I don't really, I can't think of any other famous Joys right now. But dear Lord, I'm two for two. You want to argue that? This is how progressives treat people of certain skin colors or certain characteristics who don't agree with them politically. This is everything. This kind of absolute disgusting bigotry. This is what Tim Scott has brought out. Well, yeah, I guess you could say Tim Scott has brought this out. I mean, this is where they were they were always there, but now they've got a, a, a new uh, place to attack. And this idea that Tim Scott made it, is that, that somehow that's not okay. You know, they, they talk about the bootstrapping. Sonny Hostin over there at The View w- w- was trying to explain that he's the exception, not the rule. Tim Scott is the exception, not the rule. Well, as Tim Scott sees it, no, 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 no. He is the rule. Absolutely. The answer is completely yes. Meekness is not weakness. I, I believe in the gospel. I believe Matthew 5, says, love your enemies. If you break in my house, I also believe in the Second Amendment. I'm going to make sure that we defend every single thing we love in this country. We have to ignore the far left by disproving their lies by our actions. Here's the funny thing. The host, Sonny, she wants to be judged by the content of her character, not the color of her skin. The fact of the matter is America is the story of evolution, never told story of evolution in too many of our schools that are indoctrinating our kids instead of educating our kids. I'm not the exception. I'm actually the rule. Every kid trapped in a failing school today can look at big, big, big liberals, big labor unions and blame them. Every parent who wants a choice, look to the Republican Party, look to the GOP, but more importantly, look at Americans, African Americans, Hispanic Americans, the majority of Americans all agree on school choice. What's in the way of that? What's in the way of providing a child with a better education and a better future? The radical left. You, you, you must scare the... That was uh, Trey Gowdy who was just responding right there. But he's right. He's got this understood. But the response to him, that's the story. And that's the story that you need to be sharing. Look at these bigots on the political left. They scream that the political right are racist this, racist that, racist the other, racist your mother. Did you just hear these two women claim that Tim Scott is a token? He doesn't know what it means to be black. He doesn't understand systemic racism. You mean all your buzzwords. He doesn't accept all your talking points. And since he doesn't accept what you say, how can he actually be black? Holy cow. 
Let's start calling these people bigots. Let's start calling them racists. And let's not stop. And if Alyssa Farrah Griffin on The View had any decency or temerity whatsoever, she would have said, my gosh, Troy Behar, you're a bigot. Of course it's racist. And you should take on Sonny Hostin down to the ground. ABC has got the most racist show on television. Dear Lord, the next guest host of The View clearly has to be Nick Fuentes. Are you nuts? I assume if you rearrange the the letters in Joy Reid, you spell out David Duke. Good God, what the hell is happening here? And it goes by the wayside, just like right under the radar. The entire left is like, I don't see anything. Nothing happened here. Ain't that something? I don't think we should let it go by the wayside. I talk lately about the war. War. These people who are dedicated not to engaging in a rational conversation, not in engaging policy disputes or debates, but the destruction of their political enemy, the absolute destruction. This is uh, a war. They don't disagree with you. They want to destroy you. It has been noted that, you know, the right thinks that the left is wrong. The left thinks the right is evil. It's been said many, many times. As a matter of fact, uh, there was, um, I think it was uh, Anne McElhenney and Phil McClear who made a a, a film, one of their many, many films, Not Evil, Just Wrong. Well, the evil talk has cranked up. The hatred talk has is at an all-time fevered pitch. And it is clear to anybody paying attention that the objective is the silence of the people the political left disagrees with. That's the desire. So the question is, what are you going to do about it? Because this affects you and this affects your kids. What's your plan? It affects your grandkids. It affects your cousins. It affects your nieces and nephews. It affects your grandparents. What's your plan? And so my plan is uh, to, to say to you, uh, you got to fight. And you don't fight by just getting on social media. You fight uh, by, by engaging. And how is it that ABC hasn't been told that we're sick and tired of these racists on your damn television screen? Now, who are the sponsors for The View? We don't shop those sponsors. As a matter of fact, just pick one. Just pick one sponsor of The View and end it. They could do it to Rush Limbaugh. You can't do it to them. They knew how to organize. What's your plan? To complain? To kvetch? To just sit there with your friends and bitch all day about woe is you? Or is the plan to do something? Because I don't know about you, but I'm in a war. I don't want to be in the war. I want to be left alone. But they dragged me into the war, and I plan on winning. Pick one sponsor. That's it. No more. Make them cost for their hatred, for their bigotry. 
make it cost them. Now, it's hard to do for MSNBC. It's hard to do for that audience. It's a little easier to do for ABC. But you can still work on it. Here's the list of their sponsors. Here's who we've picked. We don't buy this product. We're not buying it anymore. You shouldn't buy this product either until they get rid of the racists on The View and on MSNBC. Or, or you cannot fight. I mean, it's totally up to you. I'm Tony Katz. Target is holding a meeting. Like it's Target. I guess they hold many, many meetings, wouldn't you think? According to Fox News, it's an emergency meeting over LGBTQ merchandise in some stores to avoid the Bud Light situation. Oh. You're not talking about the fact that every month in June they decide to you know, advertise all their pride wear and their pride displays. Is that is that it? You see, nobody cared about that too much. They really didn't. Because the issue here is not about being gay. We're past that, people. We are. The issue here is how, again, the political left decides that if you're gay, you have to believe in the T. If you're the L, the G, or the B, you got to believe in the T. And if you're not, you're not really L, G, or B. They hijack an entire group of people decide that they are nothing more than a bunch of letters and then utilize them for a political purpose. Target clearly having investors who believe in this ESG nonsense. For what other reason would they decide to have all this clothing that helps women tuck? That, that, that's right. Tuck. It's got tuck-friendly construction. Now, I ask you, what women are tucking? And the answer is, no women are tucking. And then you're like, why do they have this clothing so you can tuck? Oh, I get it. Oh, no. Why in the world would you do this? Why would you sell any of this? Why would you think that the target customer is just like, you know, you're going to so boldly say, we support this whole idea of of transgenderism in children? Because you do have kids clothing that does this, don't you? Don't you? You're buying into a social contagion as opposed to a serious issue as described in the DSM-5, the manual used by psychiatrists. Engaging in these diagnoses. Why Why are you buying into this? Now Target doesn't want this problem. Fox News confirming that rural Target stores in South Carolina, Arkansas, and Georgia are among the locations to move the pride sections. Doing this all wrong. Don't move anything, Target. Believe in what you believe in. And don't do it in South Carolina, Arkansas, and Georgia. That would make one think that only the southern states have an issue with this. You know, those southern states. Genital mutilation? Abusing of children? A lot of people north of the Mason-Dixon line think it's disgusting what's happening with children. Because it is 
then again, everybody's having a marketing issue these days. Have you seen what's going on with Adidas or Nike? That story's coming up. Keep it here. This is Tony Katz today. If you're going to be a global company, you've got to play by both a global set of rules, but also local sets of rules. And that's just a reality. And the local sets of rules differ. So in China, we have a very strong local business. We play by the local sets of rules. We don't violate any global rules, including human rights ones. But we we very much understand ourselves to be a local citizen with our China consumers and our China team. If you are playing by China's rules in China, you are, by definition, abusing people. Now, whether you call it human rights or or not is a different conversation because the human rights conversation is the conversation of uh, the the communist, of, of the person who believes that this should be something that transcends uh, the concept of law as opposed to the idea of nature's law. So nature's law says you have the right to defend yourself. Human rights would say you have the right to a house. The difference is one is about your existence, how you survive, and the other one is about what somebody else has to provide for you, give to you, which means it has to be taken from somebody else in some manner or fashion to do. So no, I'm never somebody talking about human rights. That said, when the CEO of Nike there, John Donahoe, wants to say that we don't violate any global rules, including human rights ones, well, that dog won't hunt. Tony Katz. Tony Katz today. It's good to be with you. He was doing this CEO thing in Santa Barbara with CNBC, and you tell me, did the CEO of Nike step in it? How important is China for you right now? Uh, China's been, a, as you know, China's a very important market to us. Phil Knight entered China 40 years ago, and he took a very long-term view. He was early, and it took years for the business to build up. So we've always taken a long-term view in China, and as you and I have talked several times during the last several years, we're trying to maintain very much of a, a long-term view during this period. There have been ups and downs over, over history. And we're blessed where we have strong leadership position. In addition to our supply chain, it's an important end-user market. It's part of our supply chain, but even more important, it's an important end-user market for us where we're Chinese consumers. We're the Jordan, the Nike, and the Converse brands are the leading brands with really strong connections with consumers in China. Isn't it risky, though, to, to go so deep into China, especially on technology? The good news is I, we're, we are not a strategic industry, right? You know? And so we're, no, but we're you're a we major just, American brand. But we're, we are one that the Chinese consumer wants. And so we want to continue to make it that way by delivering the most innovative product, a brand that they identify with. We're the number one cool and favorite brand in Shanghai and Beijing. In fact, that's expanding our leadership position. That is an incredible take. Since we're not a technology company, we have nothing to worry about regarding China. Since we don't have intellectual property for them to steal, there's nothing we have to worry about regarding China. That's a fascinating take. And maybe if you're a stockholder, you're like, that's right. But if you're a human being, you're like, oh, no. That's that's just terrible, man.
That's a statement right there. And I honestly don't know how that plays. I think it plays worse than he realizes. But I think for guys like him, the the the, the greater argument is that he can't win the conversation on China no matter what he does, but he can't pull out of China for the manufacturing. Because if he does, the price goes to a place that his core consumer can't buy the brand. Is that what I'd be told? If somebody was somebody who uh, was was steeped in this knowledge, is that what I would hear? Because I think that's what I would hear. What I would hear is... All of the slick marketing is able to be done and the the uh, relationships with Travis Scott and what have you are able to be done because in the end result, the mass market can afford the price point that we have moved up and a small market of higher end people can afford the specialty stuff, the unicorn stuff that people talk about all the time, but they can still feel somewhat connected because they're buying the regular stuff. But if we were to move the supply chain, out of China, well, then that massive core wouldn't be able to afford the product at all, never mind the the Uber stuff. And then instead of being the shoe of the people, we'd actually be elitists, as opposed to elites connecting with the common. Oh, now drink a bourbon and, and digest that because you know that's the way it is. So yeah, uh, the Chinese might jail up the Uyghur Muslims and force them into re-education camps. And Lord only knows what level of state-sanctioned rape is happening with the Uyghur women. Never mind the crackdowns that we had in China, in, in, in Hong Kong and keeping people silent. Hey, we're making a profit, baby. Cha-ching! Not sure how that plays. Not sure how that plays. But Nike is clearly having a better day than Adidas. Because Adidas now has to figure out what to do with $1.3 billion worth of Yeezys. That, that's what they've got. They got to sell off $1.3 billion of Yeezy inventory. So what do they do? They cut ties with Kanye West, of course. They cut ties with Kanye because Kanye decided, hey, watch me be an anti-Semite. And then people are like, damn, you're pretty good at this anti-Semitism stuff. You know what? It's a little too easy for you. I'm out. And then he's like, oh, wait, I'm kidding. I love the Jews. And the Jews are like, sorry, we've moved on to Lizzo. I don't believe that's actually true, but it was worth the joke, and I took it. I don't, I don't care what Kanye says. Oh, you know what? Now I'm fine with the Jews. I ain't fine with you. I'm not fine with Kanye. You act like a bitch, I'll treat you like one. I'm not worried about anything. Like we're ever going to meet. And if we did meet, I'd be nose to nose. You think I'm worried? Not so much. Not so much. Adidas is worried. By the way, what are the odds I'm ever going to meet him? What are the odds I'm ever going to meet him? billion worth of product. If you can, you you donate it. I don't get mad when I see people wearing wearing Yeezys. Uh, Maybe you bought them before this whole thing went down. Maybe we've got people in America who need shoes and Adidas doesn't want to sell these shoes because they really don't want to be associated with the brand, but still better off on somebody's foot, right? Right? Am I wrong? Do they just go about destroying this stuff? 
that's I think that's a mistake. I think that's a giant mistake. And the truth is, I feel bad for for Adidas. They were the the, the brand partnership made sense. Kanye is huge. He, he designs this stuff, which is to say he puts his name to the stuff I don't actually know. I got to assume with him he has some level of the, of the design. And some of them are really ridiculous. Some of it's like, okay, that, that works. And people bought into it. And Adidas looked like genius, like geniuses. And they were going to be able to compete with, with Nike on this level. And now that's all over. And it's like, son of a, you, you, you took the gamble, man. You took the gamble, and it paid off right until it didn't. That's all there is to it. It paid off until it didn't. As for what you do with the, the these shoes, TMZ is reporting the company is going to start selling off the remainder of the inventory. It's the first time consumers are able to buy the product since October 25th. That's when it got taken off the, 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 the shelves. They're going to do it at a discount. They're not going to give it away. They're going to sell it. People are going to buy this. And they're going to be like, oh, look at this. Last run Yeezys. Look what I've got. Maybe. Maybe that's exactly what's going to happen. Me, I'm thinking they're just going to do away with it and be done with it and take the write off. Nope. Nope. They're still a market. They're still a market because it doesn't matter what you say about the Jews. Doesn't matter. We'll, we'll, we'll still buy your stuff. Is, is this what we're hearing now? Is this what people are going to tell us? Oh, yeah, yeah. We don't, we don't, we don't, we don't care about the Hebrews, you know. Uh, just uh, just uh, give us shoes. That's an ugly argument, people. That is an ugly, ugly argument. We're about to find out if that's the correct one, though. And what does that say about people buying Yeezys? Doesn't say anything good, I'll tell you that much. Keep it here. I'm Tony Katz, and this is Tony Katz Today. I've spoken at length with President Moon of South Korea. He came to Washington of late. That's not President Loon. President Biden, your President Loon. He's not... His, his name... Oh, why do we even try anymore? At this stage of the game, what's the point of even trying? Tony Katz. Tony Katz today. It's good to be with you. It's President Yoon. Y-O-O-N. Not Loon. L-O-O-N. Oh, forget it. It's Joe Biden. Every day. It's just another, another embarrassment. Every day. He can't do it. When do we just start admitting this fact? Maybe there's a reason why Robert F. Kennedy Jr. is running against him. Now, full disclosure, I am scheduled to interview Robert F. Kennedy Jr. on Thursday. Um, their people uh, reached out, uh, or uh, their, their people reached out, and then I had to fill out a form, and then they reached out, and then here we are. So we'll see. We will see. Uh, that's supposed to be Thursday, and hopefully that takes place because I've got many questions for Robert F. Kennedy Jr. Not a conservative. Let's be perfectly clear. Not a conservative. I still have many questions for the man. But going back to Joe Biden, 
Why does anybody expect him to get anything right? Did Biden just do this again? Now my son is a major U.S. Army, lost in Iraq. That is Joe Biden saying that Bo Biden died in Iraq. Bo Biden did not die in Iraq. Why does he keep doing this? And when does anybody call out? It's like uh, what he says about the deficit. When Joe Biden talks about uh, the, the, the deficit and he says, uh, and he constantly does this, we reduce the deficit by $1.7 trillion. I'm proud of the progress my administration has made. We reduced the deficit in the first two years by $1.7 trillion in the first two years. And I propose the budget to reduce another $3 trillion over the next decade. That is a lie. Joe Biden did not reduce the deficit by $1.7 trillion. The Washington Post has given this so many four Pinocchios that they've now decided it's a bottomless Pinocchio. It's just a lie told by the administration again and again and again. And of course, uh, in perfect fashion, you've got people like Hakeem Jeffries who are more than glad, more than happy to repeat that lie days, nights, weekends, all of it. Oh my gosh, uh, the deficit. You know, President Biden has reduced it by $1.7 trillion. No, he hasn't. That much we know for sure. President Biden under his administration, in addition to all of the significant legislative accomplishments that occurred in the last Congress, including around infrastructure or the Chips and Science Act or the Inflation Reduction Act, reduced the deficit by $1.7 trillion. Lie. But it's Hakeem Jeffries. He's just going to do this. How do you think he got the job? I can be a robot and attack the political right. Yes, I can. I can say things like extreme MAGA Republicans, 24-7, 365, unquestionable, let me be in charge. Maybe one day I'll be Speaker of the House. But the real story, of course, is the debt limit. Where are we on the debt limit? Are we close to getting a deal with uh, the debt limit? McCarthy telling the Republicans we are nowhere near deal. Hang with me. Meanwhile, Representative Matt Gates. I don't believe that the first of the month is a real deadline. Like I, I don't understand why we're not making Janet Yellen show her work. She'll extend it, but right now she's using June 1st. Nobody, everybody knows that's false. That was Gates, and then that was Representative Ralph Norman. I love the approach. I love the take that it's not a real deadline. It's not serious. Everybody just calm down. June 1st will come and go, and we'll be fine. This, of course, is the right approach for us. For the American people, the right approach is, well, you guys figure it out. You figure it out. As a matter of political gamesmanship and brinksmanship, I don't mind Gates and Norman saying that. I mind, I mind if you cave. I was an original Tea Party guy. California in the day, I am the first person, I'm an organizer of the Tea Party, one of those original people. I was the first person 
in California to speak at a tea party. I was an organizer. I was there. Santa Monica Pier. Crazy place for conservatives to get together. And, and, and we did it. So you go back to 2010, and I'm talking about reducing spending. The spending is the issue. The bailouts were evil that we did for banks after 2008, 2009. The spending is the problem. The spending has to come down. I had Democrats who were on my side. Everybody knew that this was the, the thing. And it's been 13 years, and we still have been able to get spending under control. You understand that the Tea Party failed in their quest what it did do was inform people that they could actually speak up, stand up, say something, and that did indeed manifest and build itself into the 2016 election of Trump when it comes to the idea of wanting somebody who would speak honestly and clearly and thusly. Not that Trump was a Tea Party guy, but you get the idea of wanting to speak out. We still haven't handled spending. It's been the problem for 13 years. It was the problem the 13, 26, 39 years before that. It is our only issue. So the only thing I want from Republicans, the only thing I want from them is for them to say, we're going to not spend as much. Doesn't matter what you want. We're not spending as much. We control the purse strings. The purse strings. We're not spending as much. All I want is for them to hold firm on that subject. That's all I want. Will they do it? Oh, gosh, I don't believe they'll do it. They're Republicans. They'll cave just because it's in their nature. But if they don't, if they don't, there's a story. That story could be a good one. Find everything at TonyCats.com. This is Tony Katz Today.